0: Well, I want to say welcome. It's my pleasure to serve this church. And uh, my name is Ray Green. I want to welcome all you guests this morning. And I want to say it's great to serve a church that that God is blessing and growing. And I brought something along with me today. This is a jersey of uh, one of my favorite, well, actually, my favorite collegiate sports uh, uh, teams in the country. And um, there's a logo on the front of it. And uh, there it is right there. And this this jersey, okay, um, so... This is not a rhetorical question. What, when you think about this jersey, what do you think it means? Let's get somebody up in the balcony over there. What does it mean? I can't hear you, what? What does it mean? Team, Team. all right. What about down here on the floor? Unity, okay, down here, right here in the middle. What? I'm a fan, okay, yeah. About here, back here in the balcony. Dedication. All right. What about here, over here? Nobody has anything. All right, cool. When I, when I see this jersey, here's what it makes me think of. It makes me think of what I grew up in my roots. I grew up just right outside of Columbus, Ohio. In my roots, okay, I bleed scarlet and gray. And maybe you today, you bleed, you know, New Albany Bulldog colors, all right? Or, or... Maybe you bleed Sellersburg colors or Christian Academy or you bleed Floyd Knobs, uh, wherever it is. Right. But when we when we put on a jersey, okay, there's expectation, there's responsibility, all of those things. My wife and I were traveling through Columbus a while ago and we happened to go, I, just, I said, hey, we're right by the stadium, let's go to the stadium. We, I said, let's see if the doors are open. So we, we go to the stadium doors, we find it open. And I said, hey, let's see if the, the, the gates are open to get on the field at Ohio Stadium. And well, the gates were open. And so we found her, said, let me show you this picture, the 50-yard line at Ohio Stadium. There I am. And there's, that stadium seats 115,000 people. Okay, 115, there's probably 1,000 thousand." maybe 1,500 of us here today, 115,000 people. And I thought, what would it be like you wearing a jersey with your name on the back, running out of the tunnel or running out into a basketball arena with people cheering you on? What would that be like for you and for me? And I, I have had friends who played uh, college basketball or uh, and, uh, professional basketball and professional baseball. And I've asked them that question. And they tell the stories of what it was like. And they talk about how when they walk out with the jersey, it means something, responsibility. And, and you're like, well, maybe I haven't, I've never really had that opportunity. Well, you have, you have an opportunity because you wear a jersey, you wear a uniform. Some of us in this room, you wear the jersey, the uniform that has drool stains on it from the shoulders, from rocking children. And there's awesome responsibility and privilege that comes along with being a parent, but also terror, right? Yeah, look at this picture. Yeah, that's right. For others of us in this room, we wear the uniform by the military. And for those of you who serve our country, we say thank you. For others of us, yeah, for others who put on a jersey and a uniform, maybe you you work for an organization and and you work every single day. My dad grew up as a mechanic and he works six, seven days a week. And so that's the uniform, the jersey you wear. Or maybe some of you, the, the jersey, the uniform has a bit miles on it. There's a little bit more wrinkles on it. And that uniform has its perks because you get the grandchildren, you get to have them come over, you give them anything they want, you sugar them up, and then what do you do? You send them home. Amen, right? Yeah. But there's another uniform I want to talk about real quickly today, and it takes precedence all over all of the other uniforms. It's the jersey of all jerseys, and it was bought with such a great price. This is the jersey of grace. And it represents God, not like God, you do something for me and then I'll do something for you. It represents God seeking you out, buying you at a high price. It seeks out, it talks about how God giving you the jersey of grace, offering you free of charge. This is the jersey I want to talk about. We've been in uh, this series at Graceland called Invisible War, and we've been talking about Ephesians. And Ephesians chapter one, verses or chapter one through three, talks about how Paul says, This is the position you've been given, that you are loved, that you are cared for. And the fact that God loves you so very much, well, then we should be so good for him. And as he talks about in Ephesians four, if you want to turn there with me or on your smartphone or your tablet, Ephesians four, what we're going to find is Paul gives us for instances. Where the responsibility, the challenge, the honor of wearing the jersey of grace and what it has for us. If you want to know the full story later on, you can go to the book of Acts and you can read about how those Ephesians flipped their town upside down in Acts chapter 18 and 19. But Paul, he writes it very clear to us and he gives us the, this idea for us and all churches. And so let's look at what they read and read it together. This is chapter 4, verses 1. Paul says this to us. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, let's read this all out together. Ready? Here we go. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Highlight real quickly, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now, what does that mean? It means this, that once you put the jersey on of grace, it means something. If you're a Hoosier, you're not a cardinal. If you're a cardinal, you certainly aren't a wildcat. And if you're a wildcat, well, then you're not either of those, right? That's right. You see, Paul is saying as a child of God, as a child of God, your past is in the past and it's time to act differently. When you put the jersey of grace on, it should mean something to you. Let me give it to you this way, an illustration by, by using food. There's many diets today, right? There's vegetarian diets, there's vegan diets, there's gluten-free diets. How many vegetarians do we have in the house today? Just show of hands, how many vegetarians do we have? All right, a couple. There's more than just raise their hand, I know. But this is the point of my illustration. There's no, there's no such thing as a non-practicing vegetarian. You, can't, you won't catch a vegetarian eating this huge, big, double cheeseburger that's dripping with goodness. That's not a vegetarian. That's somebody who's seen the light, right? No, I'm just kidding, all right? (laughs) But what Paul is saying is this. He's saying that is the life you're living match the logo on the jersey? Is there congruence? Is there this oneness? This one man by the name of Bruxy Cavey, he says it this way: "Christ' followers follow Christ. Imperfectly, yes, and needing much grace, we follow Jesus. There is no such thing as a non-practicing vegan. I think what Paul and Bruxy are trying to tell us is this: that, like, if you are in Christ, your past is in the past, don't worry about it. But if you're a Christ follower here today, then your life has got to line up with the logo of the jersey of grace. Why? Because we now represent a different team, we represent God. Paul would also say it this way, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, that he's working through us. Okay, you're like, Ray, you're doing a lot of preaching. But here's what I would tell you today. We're all doing a lot of preaching. We preach every time we draw air. We preach to our neighbors. We preach to our coworkers. We preach to our family. We preach something all the time. And we have to understand that. So real quickly, what I want to do is answer this question for you. What does it look like to line up the logo with your life? Well, Paul, he gives it to us here. Actually, he goes on to give us 16 things that would help us line up with the logo with our life. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to go through four of them real quickly with you. In verse 2 and 3, any Christian in this room here today, we should know these. We should memorize these. These are important. Look at it with me. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Paul, he gives us four things. Number one, he gives us humility. Interesting to note, the Romans back in that day, they didn't actually understand the word humility, they didn't even have it in their vocab. It wasn't something they looked uh, highly upon. You know, you know what humility is? Humility is knowing your place and the scheme of things. It's a, it's a we thing, not a me thing. And we know that on, for sports, don't we? If you want to have a strong team, it's not about you. It's about the team. It's the same way with the body of Christ. There's a question, two questions that I want to ask you if you know your place in the scheme of things. Number one, who are you comparing yourself to? All right. If, you, if an ant compares himself to the yum center, he's always going to know he's small, right? Well, that's Humility. If you compare yourself to God, you're always going to know your place in this world. If I compare myself to God, I'm always going to know who I am. Here's another question. When you encounter difficulty, when you fight with your husband or your wife, when your family has difficulties, when you have financial difficulties, when you go to sit through something in your life, who do you turn to? Do you pray or does your pride keep you walled up? Which one are you? See, pride can sneak up on you. Tim Keller says it this way. Pride is the carbon monoxide of sin. It silently, slowly kills you without even you knowing. But Paul said it this way. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. How many of you just watched the Olympics recently? How many of you? Yeah, the 64 Olympics, Winter Games there was a bobsled competition. And the bobsled competition was really between two guys. One guy by the name of Tony Nash, he was from England, and the other guy was an Italian great superstar. And the Italian great superstar was in the lead and Tony uh, Nash was uh, in second, but he wasn't going to make it because he broke an axle on the back of his bobsled. Well, he was out for the most part, but then the Italian bobsled driver decided to take the bull out of the back of his bobsled and give it to Tony so that he could race. They end up racing Tony ends up winning the gold medal. Later, the Italian bobsledder was interviewed and said, hey, did you give him the victory? He said, no, I didn't give him the victory. He was the better driver. And he was later, the Italian bobsled driver, was given this award for sportsmanship that was far more important to him than any medal. You see, God honors humility. The second thing that Paul says here is that he says gentleness. If your life is going to line up with the logo, you got to have gentleness. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're timid. It actually means that there's like a horse's bridle in a horse's mouth. And we know about horse racing around here, don't we? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And the derby's real soon. And we're going to watch all these beautiful animals race down the the track. And the reason why they run towards the goal, not because they know how to do it, but because the riders on them have this bridle in their mouth going towards purpose. Psalm 139 says, That God helps guide us towards purpose in his glory. And then Paul, he gives a third one. He says patience. Patience. Everyone say that with me. Patience. Yeah, patience is being patient with people, right? Has anyone ever gotten on your nerves? You know, I said it in the first service. I said, has anyone gotten on your nerves at this church? And everyone shook their head. Has anyone gotten on your nerves on your sports team? Any ref gotten on your nerves? Any coworker gotten on your nerves? If you don't say yes to one of those, you're not breathing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what patience is? Patience is seeing other people's strengths and diversity and not getting offended. Why do we do that? Because Christ does it with us. The fourth thing that Paul would say is to bear with one another in love. Everyone say the word love with me. Love. That word love, Paul uses it in the Greek word, which was the New Testament was written in. It says it's the word agape, and it means unselfishness and unqualified love. See, sin says it's all about me and the gospel, and love says it's all about them. It's pretty simple. When you begin to live this kind of life, it flips the script completely. When you begin to live this kind of life, the foot washing that Christ did for the disciples turned the entire situation around when you begin to live like this this is what your life begins to look like you become second and others become first they take prestige they take place honor and you are in Second, third, fourth place. That is contradictory to our way of thinking. But when we put it into our life, when a household begins to do this, this is unbelievable. Think about it. In a marriage, when a husband and wife try to outserve each other and try to outlove each other, the marriage doesn't go down, it goes up in every single way intimacy, relationally, in every way. When siblings begin to do this with one another in a house, when a brother, an older brother, watches over a younger brother, when a younger sister loves on her older sister, or t- speaks good about her, behind her back even, that is when memories are made and they reflect upon those great times. When a church loves each other, when church leaders serve each other, that is what it looks like to be on the team of grace. When I, when I was uh, playing on a sports team and we were getting ready for a playoff game, I'll never forget my coach, He looked at us all in the room. We were all suited up, ready to go. He said, look at what's on your jersey. And we all looked down on our jersey. And he said, don't forget who you play for. And what the Bible is clear on is this. He said, the Apostle Paul says, look, don't forget who you play for. May your life line up with the logo. So real quickly, I want to ask you two questions as I close. The first question is this. Does your life, line up with the logo, logo, the jersey you're wearing. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ in this room, if you're not a follower of Jesus, hey, this is where you can tune out, okay? No worries. But if you're a follower of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, does your jersey, does the logo of grace line up with your life? I'll be honest with you, as I was considering that this last week, I thought to myself, my life does not line up very well with the logo that God has given me on the jersey that I wear. And I need His grace so much more. The second question I want to ask you is this. Are you on the team? Have you put on the jersey? With just a few minutes left, I want to share with you The Apostle Paul, at the beginning of chapter 4, verse 1, he calls himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, why would you call yourself a prisoner of Jesus Christ? Here's why. Because his life had been flipped upside down because of the love of God. Paul had wandered away from God's purpose in his life. Paul had done something worse than anyone in this room has ever done. And one day he realized that God loved him. See, what Paul realized, according to Acts chapter 9, is that Paul had strayed away from God's design. God has a plan for your relationships. God has a plan for your finances. He has a plan for your career. He has a plan for your marriage. He has a plan for every single thing in your life, from the day you were born to the day you will die. God has a plan for your life and yet we're we have strayed from that design and that's exactly what Paul did and the bible's very clear and that is called sin and according to the scriptures in roman chapter 3 verse 23 it says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of god and what happens as we stray is that what happens in our life is that brokenness comes in and brokenness looks like a failed relationship brokenness looks like a, a, a dream that was dashed on the rocks. Brokenness looks like the, just the stuff and junk that we encounter every single day in our life. This world is hurting. It's broken. We're so, we're so just broken as a society even, aren't we? This is the brokenness because of our sin. Now, God could have just said, you know what, I'm done with you, the, the human race. I'm done with Paul. But what happens is God said, no, 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 no. I want to give the remedy. He sends his son, and he sends his son to the cross. He was a perfect sacrifice for our imperfection and he offered redemption in the blood of Jesus Christ his own son given up for you parents in this room would you die for maybe a good friend maybe would you send your son or daughter to die for a good friend probably not but God gave his own son for you and for me his love for us and in so doing that would repair the brokenness and that is what we call the gospel And the reason we call it the gospel, because it's great news. And Paul heard this gospel in the good news. And because he heard this gospel in the good news, his life would change. And what Paul would do to see his life go from brokenness to redemption is that he would repent. The Bible talks about it. And repentance is basically doing a 180 in your life. And then he would believe in Jesus Christ. And belief looks like putting all of your trust in Him so that you can have a relationship with God. And when we do this, my friend, we would rediscover God's desire design for our life. Paul did this, and I did this. It's not just enough to hear about it. We have to respond. My daughter just had a birthday, and we gave her a gift, and we didn't charge her tax. We didn't have to make her jump up and down. We didn't do anything. She had to do this, and she received her gift. And I'm asking you today, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, God loves you, and He wants you to put your arms out, and He wants you to receive His gift for you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. There were two teenagers. They were 16. And they were in a gathering a lot like this. And they were not Christ followers. Okay, they were far from God. They didn't want anything to do with God. They struggled with all of the issues in this world. They're far from God. In fact, they didn't want anything to do with them. But yeah, are the beginning to listen to this preacher. And this pastor began to talk about God's love for them. How he offered this free gift to them. And if they would repent and believe, they could receive it into their life. And they could walk with God, have a relationship with him. Well, that, that specific day, those two guys said yes to Jesus Christ. They put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And their lives would be forever changed. And that's exactly what God wants for every single one of us. Would you all stand with me, please? Those two boys, all right, real quickly, with your eyes and focus and attention, the first teenager that day was Grady Wilson. Grady Wilson. And the second teenager that day who was 16 who would believe and, and trust Jesus as his Lord and Savior was Billy Graham. In 1934, Billy Graham knew God. C.S. Lewis says it this way, aim at heaven and you're going to get earth thrown in. But if you aim at earth, you'll get neither. And Billy Graham aimed at heaven and everything else, he got along the way. And I just want to tell you this. I want to tell you that Billy Graham, if he were here right now, he would beg you, he would plead with you that God loves you and he wants you to trust in relationship with him. And there's nothing that he would want more, God would want more, than for you to receive his free gift today.